You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 19. And today we're talking about simple systems for maximum strategic growth. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business. Your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'd love to welcome you to another episode today. I'm super excited today to be talking with our featured expert who I have invited to join me today, which is Tina Marie. I've known Tina for a couple of years. You're going to hear how much fun Tina and I have together. I really love her energy and I love what she is about. Tina helps people to grow their profits. She's a business consultant that has helped startups grow from million-dollar businesses within a year and others to multi-million-dollar companies in under three years from their inception. She really, really knows what she's talking about. She's one of the people that I know that whenever I see any content from her or Uh, anything at all out on social media. She's always really keeping it real. She's a great person. She's going to talk about working smarter and not harder. And if you're like me, you know, people bandy this around all the time and I take it with a pinch of salt. But Tina Marie is absolutely living this. She's a living, walking, talking example of how to work smarter, not harder. And she's going to go through all sorts of ways to help you grow your profits, whether you haven't reached your first six figures a year yet or whether you're really looking to reach seven figures or above. She's going to help you with the systems with whatever you need to do to reach the next level. So let's just dive right in. Here is Tina Marie. Tina Marie, welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's going to be such a great time chatting with you today. Welcome. Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm so excited. I love yeah. talking to you. So I know. We're like two peas in a pod, really, on complete <laughs> opposite sides of the planet. <laughs> I know. It's a good thing. I don't think this whole hemisphere could handle both of us in the same group. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> the new world has to balance us well, out. Absolutely. We can melt the internet all on our own from opposite sides <laughs> of the world. <laughs> I'm really excited today. We're going to be talking about simple systems for maximum strategic growth. And for the people that are listening that don't know what that is, we're going to be diving into that in just a moment. But can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now and the kinds of people that you work with? Yeah, I would love to. So it is, it's simple systems, it's teams, it's a little bit of mindset and organization. Basically, my clients are seven-figure earners, multiple seven-figure earners. Most of them are just about to get there. And they've gotten past that point in their life where, you know, it's all about the grind and the hustle. And if you want it bad enough, you're going to work all these hours and, <laughs> and work like nobody does so you can live like nobody else will, that kind of thing. 
we're done with that. Uh, we realized that that you can actually work a little bit smarter and be strategic and spend more time doing some some simple groundwork and actually you know have an amazing life, have an amazing business that still brings powerful products to the um, to the market, has an impact on the economy, has an impact on on um, you know other lives through the products that we bring to the market. And so we just go through and optimize a couple of things here and there, break it down to what really matters. And it's, it's just kind of happily ever after, after that. It's, it's not quite that simple, right? There's not that there's no problems once you get to that point, but there is a lot that is saved just through strategy, through optimization and a, and a little bit of tweaking and of course experience because, you know, you have to get to the point where you actually realize that it's possible to even operate that way, right? Totally, totally. And for the people that are in the six-figure businesses and the people in the seven-figure businesses, mm-hmm. the systems aren't quite the same, are they? What would you say, or like your basic systems are the same, but there's different, probably didn't say that very well. There's different challenges, I guess. Well, I would say for the, even for low six figures to low seven figures, as much as there's a pretty big disparity between that um, financial range, there's actually not been a huge difference in systems at that point. Mm-hmm. To me, the, the biggest difference is how many people you have working on the team. For everybody that I have multiple seven figures, and I'm talking you know, up to five, six million a year, we have 15 or under. So there's less than 20 employees in, in each of those. Mm-hmm. And they're all working remotely. And really, it's just, so we've got developers, copywriters, or content writers, depending on which niche it is, and graphic designers. And then we have um, a couple of admin and we have the CEO and then I advise them. So it's really not a huge difference in systems because even at six figures, you're still have a significant amount of development that has to do, it has to be done, a significant amount of copywriting that has to be done, a significant amount of support that has to be done if you have a product. Whereas like, I, I am my product at that point. So so even though it's six figures, I have no overhead. I don't have I, I have no team for one aspect of the business. So, you know, there's 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 that part of it. It depends on what kind of what kind of business it is. But it like if it's an e-commerce six figure business, there's a lot more overhead, there's a lot more going on. So it's not you know what I mean? Like there's there it's more about the types of business where there's gonna be a difference in, in systems more than there's the correlation between how much they're making. Yeah, cool. All right, so we did talk right at the beginning, simple systems for maximum strategic growth. Now, Mm -hmm. I think this is something that definitely needs to be touched on. You and I had a great conversation before we hit record. (laughs) I loved what we were talking about here with this strategic growth. So tell us, what, what does this actually mean? So first of all, and I, this feels so cliche, right? But it comes down to your why. And I don't mean, you know, your why for, I want to change the world and, and I want to, I want to be with my kids. It, it is that. And also, but, but you ha- it has to be real. So I'll give you an example. At, at some point when somebody wants to make a lot of money, they, they say they want to do it for their family and they want to do it for their kids and they want to have this life. But everybody that has ever said that 
turned it into, yeah, but it's really about making the money because they forgot about their kids and they forgot about their wives and they forgot about their health and they forgot about everything else that happened and all of that stuff tanks. Like for the majority of entrepreneurs and business owners, they forget about that and they get caught in the trap of operating. And so they have to kind of reconnect to it. So they'll say things like, I'm doing this because I want to earn a million dollars by the end of the year. I'm doing this because I want to be able to attract that ideal client. I'm doing this because I want to be able to buy a yacht, like Mm. whatever it is that they want. There's a thing that they want, but that's not really what they want. What they really want is to be happy. They want to be happy. They want to make a difference. They want to feel like at the end of the day, they did something that meant something. So they want to have fulfillment. That is the real why. People overcomplicate it all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And so if, if we understand what the real why is that I want to be happy and I want to fulfill, be fulfilled and like I make a difference in the, in our, in the world, then that changes what we're offering to the market. Is it, are we selling it just because it's going to make more money and -and so-and-so is doing it? Are we selling it because that's going to make a difference and market research says it can be sold and all of these other things. And then what is the most simple thing that we can offer that's going to convert, that's going to bring in the revenue, that's going to take the least amount of time to execute and implement and get out to market and what is that, you know, what does that look like on the team? Like how many man hours is it going to take? So like the minimum viable product would be another way to say that, right? What is the minimum viable product that we can get out to market that meets the goal, this amount of revenue, this amount of profit slash this amount of time invested in man hours, which means, you know, we don't have to hire somebody new to be able to do this. What is that? And then working towards that goal seeing how it fits into the overall goal of whatever is making us happy and feel fulfilled. And instead of growing for the sake of growing, just being strategic about the direction you go in business. And then there's one more thing, which is one of my favorite simple systems. I actually learned this from a church talk. It was a great talk, but it was simple. And it was about good, better, best. It was the premise that we're never really choosing between good and bad or good and evil or whatever. Really, most of the choices that we have, the reason they're not so easy is because they're not so black and white. It's not mm-hmm. about good or bad. It's about good and better and best. And so if you run things through that filter and you go, yeah, but this is a really great idea. Oh my gosh, Samantha, how many times have you told yourself, I could totally do this. I would be so awesome at this. Like oh. I should do this because I'm so awesome at this. And you're like, yeah, but I'm like awesome at 20 different things. So am I like good level awesome? Am I great level awesome? Or am I like best level awesome? Do you know what I mean? And it's so true because as entrepreneurs, normally we can do a lot of things. Yeah, jack of all trades, baby. (laughs) Well, we can, right? You know, Uh when people say, oh, you can't help anyone with anything, most entrepreneurs can. Yes, we can. (laughs) And if I can, I know somebody who can. (laughs) Exactly. But it, and it's, and it is very easy. And especially when things aren't going so bad to do that. But I love that filter of good, better, best. Because even though we can do most things, there's definitely things that come way easier to you as another. And and there's the, so the other filter is, I know you could, but should you do that? A lot of times we are really great at helping everybody else see the trees and the forest, but for us, we can't see the forest for the trees. So by, you know, having somebody else come in who understands all of our skill sets, 
and all of our desires and all of our assets and all of the stuff, which I'm a probe. I'm a professional probe. I come in and ask every single question. It might feel a little uncomfortable at first, but come in and go and, and ask those questions and figure out, you know, what we really want, what we really have, what we can really make. And then help people run through that filter of, okay, this is good, but is there anything that we just discussed or discovered that's better? We automatically cross out what's good, right? And then what is what is best? And best is one of those ones that ticks all the boxes, right? Yeah. It doesn't take more time than we've allotted. It doesn't take more energy, which is completely separate than from time. And it doesn't take more financial risk than we've allotted. And so if we can tick all those boxes and it delivers something to the market that should be sustainable and has promise, which of course you don't know until you actually bring it to market, right? You can do all the testing you can, but once it takes all those boxes, then that's where we go. And everything else, if somebody still wants to do that, then it's, it's okay. You can put that on the docket, but after we've gotten to the most important thing first, if you want to get to the side project, you have to earn it by doing the thing that you've already deemed and decided best because that is where you have your best opportunity to succeed. And if you want something else, then, you know, I'm not the one for you, that kind of thing, right? So by teaching people that, it doesn't matter if you're talking to, it doesn't matter what level of business you're working in, that applies to the person who's starting from the beginning. In fact, it is better for that person because they're going to be more protective of their assets, which is where most of us get in the rut. I earned, um, I replaced my full-time income the very first year. Mm-hmm. All of it went back out the door. Yeah. Uh, all of it. There was no profit. There was no breaking even. There was like, I was in the hole making more money from home than I did anywhere else. But I was like, let me just go buy this thing and go buy that thing. But if you apply this mentality of good, better, best to your time, to your energy and to your financial resources, then all of a sudden everything becomes a strategic move and you, you know, it's chess versus checkers, right? Completely different game. There was just so much gold there. I'd scribbled so many notes, but I do want to go back. This is such an important thing is knowing what you want. Um, And I can say this from being that person that started my business 25 years ago because I wanted to give my children, you know, I'd never had new clothes. I wanted to make sure that they always had new clothes. Mm-hmm. I'd never been like, I'd never been on an airplane when I got married. I wanted to take them, you know, on trips around the world. That's why I started my business, oh. you know, and 10 years in it, sure I was doing that, but I wasn't seeing them in between. So oh, yeah. it is such an important piece that you really do need to know what you want. And um, I guess for me, it worked out really well because a few years ago, you know, I did clear the slate and go, all right, let's get this right. What is it that I want? And re and rejigged it. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean just because you started your business doesn't mean you can't go back and go through that process. And I think it's probably really a smart move too to be able to bring your passion back into your business. Yeah, I think reevaluating no matter what aspect of a life it is, is always a good idea because the thing is, it doesn't matter if we started a month ago or a year ago, we are not the same person we were yesterday versus mm. we're not the same person we were a month ago or a year ago. So when we reevaluate it, we're looking at it with a, literally a brand new pair of, of eyes because we're not the same person. We've evolved because of experience. So our ability to look at that vision is, is going to change. It's going to have expanded. 
So revisiting, so not revisiting it is just, it's a disconnect because that vision is no longer being executed by the same person. So how often do you revisit those goals and, and, and what it is that you want? Daily. 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 That is awesome. Yeah. I, I, I pray daily and my, my prayers are kind of a combination of meditation, just pondering. I have, um, you know, reading a book and just take some quiet time. Like if I get a, a thought, it doesn't matter if it's in the shower, it doesn't matter where it is. Whenever I feel a new thought coming, um, you know, those, those inspirational thoughts where your mind is kind of taking you down a path that you really haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Or it has some new clarity. I just believe that we all get this this into this inspiration, and I think some people are more tuned into it than others. But what I'll do is take that and just look at it and reevaluate it, and I'll feel like, am I disconnected? Am I on the right track? And most of the time, it'll be uh, an affirmation like, "Hey, we're good. We're still on the right track." Or, but every now and then, it'll be, "Okay, all of a sudden." Like the last six months, I've been changing, 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 and the metamorphosis is complete. So now I have the ability to see what the next step is. I couldn't have comprehended it because I didn't have the experience necessary until one day. It's like a mosaic piece, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Imagine you putting all these pieces together, but they're not in order. They're just kind of scattered all over the board, this mosaic image. And then one day, enough of the pieces are down that you're like, oh my gosh, I know what that is now. Like it's totally pointless <laughs> until, until you get enough of those pieces and you're like, I understand that, but there's no way if I hadn't had this experience up till now that I could have believed that that image was even possible. So that's why it's important to me that we make a, you know, a daily, a daily review of who you are, where you are, where you're going so that you can be in alignment. Cause honestly, a lot can change in 24 hours. Totally. I've got a question about that reviewing daily. Because I'm in two minds here. So I love that reviewing daily because things do change. And I definitely, I I do every week, I do a reflection. Okay, well, what has worked over the past week? What hasn't? Do you have long-term goals, like 12-month goals, three-year goals, even six-month goals or or 90 days? So how how is that, that reviewing daily taking you towards or further away from those goals? And how does that process look? Okay, so there are different levels of review, mm-hmm. and you made me think about it, it's important to distinguish that daily review versus a weekly or monthly or quarterly or annual review. There's, there's different levels of it, right? Mm-hmm. So the daily review is, is more like slightly intuitive, reflective about how I'm operating. Like, is, Does there feel like there's any disconnect from what I've already mapped out? On a weekly goal, I'm mapping out things that are working towards my, usually it's more like a six-month, one-year goal Mm -hmm. and working backwards. So at the beginning of the year, I always have a new financial goal. I'm I'm always shooting for 20% revenue growth without increasing how much time I'm working. Mm-hmm. And uh, before it was, I was trying to cut back how much time I was working, but now I can't cut back anymore. I would not be working at all. <laughs> <laughs> if I worked any less, I really wouldn't be working at all. So that's not, you know, I, I like the work that I do. And, and I'm talking about working less than 10 hours a week in case anybody thinks I'm just being like, well, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it's a weekly, weekly putting things out there. Where, where am I going this week towards my six month goal and my, my annual goal quarterly rocks. I do at the bigger team level. I don't personally 
quarters. I don't, I don't break things down like that. I break them down by the month anyway, but I like, uh, there's a, there's a great book called the entrepreneurial operating system EOS. Um, and there's another book that goes with it. It's by Gino Wickman and I can't remember his partner, um, rocket fuel, which talks about partnerships between a, a visionary and an integrator. And they help with, they have a system and a scorecard that you can use for measuring out where you're going, who owns it, when you're going to get it done, those kind of things. So mm -hmm. there's so many different levels and it depends on how big your business is. If you're a solopreneur, you know, you, you don't have as many people, as many moving pieces to, to do if you're, you have one product and one service and one price point and less than five customers, right? Mm -hmm. There's not as much to plan out. If you have 50 customers, it gets a little bit more complicated. So the review process uh, um, and how you go about it, it has to be catered towards your business model. It has to be catered towards your business model because you could overcomplicate it mm -hmm. and then that's not a simple system anymore. Make sense? Perfect sense. And I did want to cover that because I think for anyone that heard that review daily and totally took that out of context could end up not actually achieving anything and just go, going nowhere really because if yeah. you don't know where you're heading, it, you know, it's like turning up at the airport and saying, I want to get on a plane, but not knowing where you want to go, you know, it's right. not going to happen. But it is really important to review daily, um, but it's very different to, I guess, you know, your major goal setting. Right. So for me, when I'm reviewing daily, it's like, first of all, the day before, did I move the needle forward? Mm -hmm. And did I get distracted? And what distracted me? What do I need to declutter out of my day? You know, do I need to spend less time on Facebook? Do I need to spend less time doing this or more time doing that? Is the, the type of content that I'm putting out bringing the customers that I want? So just thinking about how I behaved the day before, and it's a, it's a really simple thing. I'm not talking about spending a lot of time on it. Just mm. thinking about what wrenches got into my day that, that I didn't notice in the way that I behave and operate. Or, you know, if you have a team, what kind of things did you notice that? And just take a little mental note. I wouldn't correct everything as it comes up. But rather, that's like a weekly review. Okay, these are the things I noticed, and so next, I'm gonna I'm gonna table them unless they're fires, right? Mm. That have to be put out. Yeah. And at the beginning of the week, take note of them. Okay, here's the plan for fixing those things. But for me, it's always about working backwards, which makes the review really easy, because if I know that my goal is is to make X amount of money, to have X amount of clients, to have X amount of refund rate, to have X amount of conversions, whatever those goals are. Every day I can look for, did we work towards that? Did we improve that process? Are we moving that forward? And if it wasn't today, is it because something else was higher priority? And if that was high pri higher priority, fine. You know, all of that stuff. Am I on track? And it's, it really should be just a, a good, quick mental review because you already mapped out not just where you're going, but how you're going to get there at a detailed level. So the daily review is just, am I in sync? Perfect. Love the way that that was tied up. All right. So we're talking about strategic growth. Now, once we know what it is that we want, what are some of the simple systems that, we, that every single one of us absolutely must have in our business? 
time management and energy management, which are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Systems for both of them. So first of all, for a lot of people, you know, it's it's great. I love this this dawning and this enlightenment that's that's happening to people who are paying attention to energy. And there's the you know wild woo woo version, and there's the I'm not woo woo, but I know there's some realness to this stuff, right? Yes. And there's there's a full spectrum of people and. First of all, it's just paying attention to the fact that whether you're a scientific person or the esoterical, whatever, that there is there is truth and, and any degree of that, that everything is energy. Yes. And all you have to do is spend uh, five minutes in a room with somebody toxic to understand the impact of energy. Absolutely. And all you have to do is spend five minutes on a little extra caffeine to realize there's something <laughs> energy or <laughs> stay up until 3 a.m. six nights in a row and get four hours of sleep to understand there's something about energy, right? Like it is a real thing. And when yeah. you start to optimize your energy, if you learn what foods decrease your energy, you know, gluten and dairy will slow my brain down and mm-hmm. I want my brain optimized at all times. So if you notice that you need seven hours of sleep between seven and eight hours of sleep, because if you get less, you underperform. And if you get too much, you're groggy. Learning what that is about your body, learning about what exercises are good for you, learning about what people, and then learning what what rhythm works well for you. There's a circadian rhythm, right? The sun comes up, the sun comes down. And statistically, most people perform best when they follow the circadian rhythm. It's not Mm -hmm. true for everyone, but just paying attention to that and then optimizing for it. So I have people in the mornings, I make sure that part of their simple systems is they they do a little bit of studying. So this is when they do their mental review, Mm -hmm. a little meditation, a little focusing, thinking on where am I going today? Where am I going today? And why do I know I'm going there today? Because I just attached myself to my six month and one year goal mentally, energetically. I remember all of that. I'm clear, you know, and I'm moving forward. And then before they get into problem solving, and this is huge, you're not allowed to check email. You're not allowed to do anything that's going to put you in a reactive mode because there's a very good chance that if you get in reactive mode, you're going to stay there all day or be negatively impacted by that all day long. Before you open Pandora's box, (laughs) you do something to move the needle forward. So whether you're creating new content, writing a new offer, growing your network on LinkedIn or Facebook or somewhere else, doing something to increase and expand your assets in one way or another before you open that door of reactiveness. So no no customer support, no responding to teammates, no responding to staff, anything like that until you have pushed your personal needle forward. So, and I would include in that learning. So reading, whether you read for 30 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever it is that you do, putting that in there because what's gonna happen is you're coming and you're starting your place, your day from a place of strength, from a, a place of total empowerment because you just expanded your mind and there's energy that comes from that. When you think about like think about something every time you learn something new, do you not just feel your own power of creation? I love this idea of starting the day react uh, proactive not reactive. And yeah. as you were saying, I was like, oh, you know, funny. Just yesterday the first thing I did was open up an email and it was someone that really got under my skin. Oh, and screwed up your morning, huh? It, well, you know, I hadn't thought about it until you were speaking. I was reactive all day yesterday, mm-hmm. all day. So that is just yes. absolute gold there. 
So uh, you weren't protecting your energy. You might have been trying to manage your time, but you didn't manage your energy. And so you didn't even think about it until you said yeah. it. So that's really great because you've shone a light onto something. So I hope that there are other people listening that have just had that same aha moment. And the other thing I wanted to go back and touch on just quickly, you were talking mm-hmm. about knowing your, your personal flow. And I'm yes. seeing a lot of, you know, do this morning routine and you're going to be amazing or sleep this amount of hours mm, per night no. and it's going to work no. for you. And I know personally that I need more sleep than most people. And I used to feel really guilty about that. But uh-huh, then I I'm just own it. If I don't have eight hours, I do not function well. It's that simple. So I love it. I'm, yeah. And I'll add something to that is that because of our bodies, sometimes that's the truth, but it doesn't mean that we can get it all in one block. Yes. So like I may go to bed early and my body was like, oh, it's six o'clock. I know you only got six hours of sleep, but let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And they're like, um, okay, well, I'm too awake to sleep right now. So it doesn't matter if I'm going to try to lay back down. And so I could be doomed and just be like, well, I'm only gotten six hours of sleep and there's going to be a crash at some point. So what I'll do as soon as that happens, I'm looking for, okay, when am I taking a nap today? Because mm-hmm. I learned that I could push through the day and I could get some stuff done or I could sacrifice, you know, and I don't take short naps. I don't do very well with them. I need like a full REM cycle, which is, you know, about 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I'll take, I'll put some time in that nap. And I'm telling you what, I'm as good when I wake up from that nap as I was first thing in the morning. And, and my productivity is multiplied and there is no comparison to the days when I try to drudge through versus the days where I take a nap. And I even manage that. I make sure I'm not hungry. There is nothing going to come and wake me up. So everything is quiet down. I've got blackout curtains. I wrap up. I've turned my electric blanket on so I can get warm because I can't sleep if I'm cold. Like I'm optimizing how quickly I can fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So that I can wake up and be done and be refreshed. Like I'm hacking everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's don't fo- don't. There is no rules. The only rule is to actually listen to your body, know and yourself. Do yes. What needs to happen for that day? Because you know, even just in uh, the change of seasons, it can be different. You know, I'm very slow and yes. Slow. Winter. Oh my gosh, the but winter. I'm a summer person and I'm on oh, fire. <laughs> so, if I'm cold, I'm a sloth. I'm just oh, like, can you just get back to summer? Seriously, too? I think we're twins. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere along the line, yeah. you and I are twins. <laughs> awesome. Okay, you, you spend your winter here, I'll spend my winter there, and then we'll be happy. <laughs> well, house swap sounds like a good idea. Know, huh? <laughs> uh, all right, so the first one is the, the time management, which we've talked about, and the energy management. What is, what is the second system that is like absolutely essential that we make sure that we have in our business time management energy me energy management are the biggest things and those mm-hmm. were two separate ones I don't even now I just got derailed for a minute um but you were thinking we, about coming here for summer really I'm you? telling you what Samantha we would be up to no good though just, <laughs> that's okay no good that's okay <laughs> Um, Yeah, so it really, those are the two biggest things. And then it is optimizing your own flow. So it's understanding where you perform best. It's making sure that you, I schedule sunshine breaks in my day. Mm -hmm. If I sit down at the computer too long, if I look at the screen too long, I get depressed, I get anxious. And all I can do is think about how fast I I can get away. Mm -hmm. But if I just go spend five minutes, 10, 15 minutes, if I can do it, um, sitting outside or if it's too cold, just sitting in front of my huge windows and just looking out over the city, just I feel so much more energized and my creativity is back. 
creativity is tied to problem solving. Because if you're trying to solve a problem without being creative, you're, you're not thinking outside the box. Your, your, your ability to look at multiple different ways that you could solve that problem is diminished. So being in a place of creativity. So, so all of that is looking for, so, so here's the thing. I, I use people, I use time blocks with people, but I don't make anything rigid. Like nothing is fixed. It's all flexible. It's there, but it can be moved around. So I might be talking about Sometime this week, I'm going to be doing copywriting. I might be putting on an offer. I might be problem solving. They all take different kinds of energy. When you are doing customer support, for example, almost all of that is fairly automatic because you know your systems, you know your product, you know the answers to what people need for the most part. There might be some things you have to do research. Most of that doesn't take the same level of mental energy as writing a sales page or mapping out your next product or mapping out your next launch. Or even having a one-on-one client conversation that can be energetically draining. So understanding what times of the day that you feel clearest and scheduling that, those, those brain-intensive um, tasks during those times. Um, understanding what else you have to do personally, like gym time, things like that. And how do you feel after the gym? Are you one of those people that are invigorated? Are you one of those people like, I can't think really well, you know? Most people should be thinking because oxygen starts flowing and things like that. Um, But looking at all of that, are there particular clients or customers or tasks that you have to deal with which afterwards are draining to you? I like to do energy sandwiches. This is weird. I know, but uh, I like to sandwich the stuff that takes negative energy, like just like really draining in between the ones that are invigorating. So I don't come out of it feeling bad at the end of the day. I've sandwiched it in between something that makes me feel good, Mm -hmm. do that stuff that has to get done. And my reward is when I'm done with that, I get to do something that I enjoy, whether it's eating, could be working out, could be, I get to map out a new product, which is exciting. You know, all of those things, just figuring out how you feel about each of these different types of tasks and putting them where they fit best for you energetically. Love it. Now, time blocking is something that I've always lived by. Well, not always. Since my first business coach told me that I should do that because I don't Mm -hmm. go to the gym enough um, and have always (laughs) lived that way ever since. Uh, Always, you know, like you put my the things that fuel me and fill me up, you know, put my Mm -hmm. gym time in or my walk time or I also have sunshine time. I have no idea how you and I are so similar. (laughs) So, so I, I love time blocking. How much do you move your week around dependent on how you're feeling that week? For the most part, I have a pretty steady, consistent flow. But then something will happen like the last three weeks of school where everything gets moved at the drop of a hat. And so, you know, things that I'll do then, I see them coming generally. Like I know that at the end of the school year, that stuff's going to happen. And so I just let clients know ahead of time, hey, this is going to happen. If I had a team, different teams, I'll let them know too. Like this is what's going to happen. This is what you need to expect. You know, put somebody in place to be in charge and answer questions or let them know. If you ask me a question at this time, it's going to take approximately 24, 48 hours, whatever. So those things could get moved around a lot. There's not anything usually very significant, but if I get sick, you know, I've got, I've got things built in. I don't, I don't work as much as a lot of other people do, but my clients that have to work more, 
what we do is we build time blocks, but we also put teams in place and there's always a little bit of overlap. And one of the simple systems is just documentation. So it's, it's a theory of what happens if so-and-so gets hit by the bus? Is there somebody else on the team that is going to be able to find a piece of documentation that says, this is what we do and this is how we do it. So nobody's allowed to keep everything in their heads. It's a very simple system, but it like I'll go through and somebody will say, yeah, here's, here's what we're doing. Here's our roadmap. And I'll have a billion questions about it. And I'm like, I've just heard your entire meeting. I shouldn't have that question. If I look at that document, I should know because I guarantee you, you know, I know you moved last year and you were gone for three weeks or your wife was in the hospital and you were gone for four weeks. And I know that if this is what we had, everything would have been shut down for four weeks. So it's just simple things like documenting important processes and the reasoning behind them. It doesn't have to be super complicated. It can be captured in the video. But all of these little things just kind of work together. And it goes back to, Samantha, the size of the team, the type of business that they have. So you ask the question, like, how do you do this? Well, it's how I do it. But it changes at, at every level. It t- changes as how many people you have working on the team because I might drag my blocks around, but everything I do, if I'm working on a team, everything I do has an impact on everybody else. So you have to, if you have a team, you have to consider how your blocks impact somebody else and you have to have contingencies built in for that because what you do can't throw everything out of whack. And it's fine as long as you're planning for that when you do your time blocking. And my, my way to do that is to tell people to block bigger chunks for less things, right? Mm-hmm. Taking some of that clutter off the calendar. You know, you can you can do certain things under free time. You mm-hmm. can do certain things under errands. You can do certain things under copy or whatever and, and have your internal list, a task list of things that you want to do. And just making sure that you also build in a buffer. I have a required, like for agencies, so people that do marketing for other people and build websites and whatnot, I, I have a minimum requirement that they are required to add 25% buffer time to every project that they forecast. So if they're like, yeah, we can get this done in three weeks or four weeks, add 25% to that before you tell the client what you think you can do. Because I guarantee you it's not going to go as fast as you think it's going to. Oh, and by so building great. that in, yeah, it reduces a lot of stress. And that is the point because who wants to go through life stress? I don't care what business you're in. Like if you can build a way to feel less stress, why would you not do that? Totally. And I'm a big believer in systems too. And you were just talking about, you know, those systems being in your head. One of the tips that along the way that I I don't know where I learned it, but I I do it all the time is whenever I am explaining a new task to a team member, that Mm -hmm. team member has to record it. So they, so as I spill it out of my head, they do it. But then once they've done it once, their next task is to record it. So, and we've, and we keep all of our procedures and systems and trainings in um, a Google drive, whether it's screenshots, text, video, doesn't matter. As soon as one thing's been done, it gets recorded straight away because even if you're on your own, there is going to be a point down the track where all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so busy. I need to take someone on. And I'm sure this is something you've seen time and time again, Tina, 
is people taking on a team member because they're busy and actually not being able to manage that team all member. the time right the it's time, a huge problem <laughs> which is which is why i was just going to say one of the simple systems that you you described but didn't really name which is really important is delegation so mm. a lot of times people bring somebody on they feel like it's their job to do all of this stuff and you delegated the recording and the capturing of the training to the person receiving it. And that's what I do. And it's, it's, but I didn't do that at first. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it until I kept would say somebody, okay, well, when you're training them, record it and, and have them write it down. Well, it, having them record it, having them be responsible for writing it down. And especially if it's somebody new, if they don't get it done and they don't get it done right, that's a perfect filter with you're not a good fit for us. Goodbye. We'll hire somebody else. Yeah. Or also a really good way to see if you've actually delegated the task well as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> because like they did it and you go back in their training like they're, uh, Oh, I see why you didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's a Whoops. great, it's a great way all around to shine a line and go, yeah. oh, okay. Because if it's something that we've been doing over and over and over again, sometimes for years, Mm -hmm. We don't realize that we do it so subconsciously or unconsciously that we're actually missing steps that someone brand new doesn't pick up. So it's I call that having half the conversation in your head and people are just classic for doing that. They think, yeah, I told you the whole thing. I'm like, no, you. there were 10 steps that you did in your head that you never verbalized. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and that's when we're in our genius zone. That happens all the time. Oh, yeah. That's why it's so easy for us. So it's um, certainly a great way. Beautiful. Now, uh, you have got a freebie for people that are listening in that have been like, wow, okay, we need to do some of these things and we need to, we want some maximum strategic growth. Why don't you tell us about what you've got for? So I have a product that is called 10 Ways to 10K. And this is for um, people obviously that haven't been making 10K a month through their products and services, working on a, an offer for people at a higher level than that. And what it is, is a process, it's about 20 to 30 pages, I can't remember, that will help you take your existing products, services, skills, talents, whatever that you have, your existing assets, and it will help you to figure out how to package and create the offer and also get over your mental blocks that will lead you to taking what you have and earning 10K a month. And it's, you know, it's simple. It's not always easy. There, there are those mental blocks, so it addresses, it helps you to figure out your value. And there's some questions um, that will help you go through and, and decide how is what you have valuable to the market and, and how can you put a price tag and a number on that? And then just coming up with ways for positioning and things like that. So it's, it's helping somebody get to the point where, you know, $10,000 a month isn't, isn't the same for everybody. I've got people that magically, I don't even know how it's possible, their lights on expense, their their required amount of money for operating and living comfortably is two thousand dollars a month. I don't even know oh how my that's goodness. possible. Right. I'm like, let me let me live that life so all this is extra. Yeah. You know, but for a lot of people, they're around the five K, six K means that they can pay off the things that they owe. They're living fairly comfortable, but they don't have any money to invest. And so they're kind of still in a point of they, they don't have any savings and they don't have they're not making enough money to feel confident which is where creativity gets multiplied exponentially when you feel confident, right? To be able to grow their business into something that they think is, is you know, what they really envision at the beginning. So by being able to hit that 10K a month goal, 
obviously managing profits has something to do with it, but when they get there, there's a whole new level of confidence. There's a whole new um, network that they feel available to open themselves up to. And, you know, you can hire different coaches, mentors, things like that when you get to that level. So I chose 10K because, because that's a whole new level for a lot of people. And once they get there, they, you know, we go back to you aren't the same person you were a month ago, a year ago, six months ago. You can also tie that and correlate that to how much you are earning. You feel completely different when you hit certain financial success levels. It's just, it's just who we are. Unfortunately, we validate ourselves according to what we make and what we do. But this is a, a really simple book that's been very helpful for, for many people. So far for everybody that's read it has come back and said, wow, this is just, you know, and it's free. It's just the whole point of it is to help you get there faster. Because if we have more people, more entrepreneurs Making the kind of money that they want, guess what has less power of them? Government. I might be a little bit against that. Oh, and that was so, a little secret. A little propaganda here. <laughs> I want to see more people free. I want because because those people, they go out and they make changes in the world that make an impact that I get to enjoy. They go out and they lead and they create from a place of a lack of fear. And the things that come out of people who have less fear and more confidence is really amazing. So, and, you know, go get it if you haven't hit that goal yet and get there, get there because it's, it's life changing to know that once you get there, once you hit $10,000 a month, you, you realize you can make a million dollars, $5 million. You start to think I can make a billion dollars and it isn't about the money. It's about the creation. It's about what you can create. It's about the impact that you can make in the world. But we, we have this limiting belief and the sooner that you cross that threshold, the sooner you are open to all of the things that you can actually create and bring to the world. And that is where it gets really fun, exciting, and super joyful. Absolutely. And I think that once you nail some of those things, you get to a certain point that you think is just the, that's going to be, you know, the heavens open up and the angels come down and all mm-hmm. of it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I could, you, it just passes and you just keep going and you're like, wow. Yeah. It's just- it, I'm not afraid of nothing. <laughs> exactly. It, and it's amazing. But once you've got that, you can just keep going and you realize how easy it actually is. Yep. And then you start attracting rays of sunshine like Samantha Riley. <laughs> I'm not joking. I am not patronizing in one little bit. I'm telling you, I love your energy and it is contagious. And, you know, it does happen when you get to a certain level of internal confidence that you can appreciate the talent around you without feeling like you have to compare yourself. That is tied to your level of success. You think it's not or that it shouldn't be, but the truth is that's how we operate. So once you get there, you're so much more open to receiving the light of other people without fear and comparison. And that is what changes you even faster. You are amazing, Tina Marie. You're just amazing. And we have a connection. We've never met. We've known each other for a while, but I just, I love watching you and what you're doing and, and all of the inspiring stories that you share. And thank you so much for sharing what you have shared today. I think it's been, there's just so much gold in this episode. I'm looking forward to going back and listening. And I'm Mm -hmm. also looking forward to having you back on the show because I know it's going to (laughs) happen. 
I'm looking forward to the day we actually get to hug and meet. I get goosebumps every time we talk. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to squish your guts out. You're going to be like, you just, <laughs> I'm telling you that that's, that's, I'm going to hug you one day. <laughs> that is going to be the best thing that someone said to me ever. I'm going to squish your guts out. That's so great. <laughs> Tina, thank you so, so much for being on in the Thought Leaders Business Lab today. Thank you for having me. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Business Lab.